whatever you feel as if your touch is or your style is or wherever your, your skill is, it's okay to continue doing that and refining that. I don't necessarily think it's always the best thing to be to do to be the do-it-all artist. In that way, I, I do think there is some value in sort of staying like with what you know and building a network and building off of what you already have kind of established. Welcome to Born to Create. This is Maria, I'm your host, and I'm really excited that you have landed here today on this podcast. I interview lots of wonderful people, super interesting conversations, all about creativity, all about art, and all about you really owning the true part of you, the creativity that you have within you, to acknowledge it, to be confident with it, to go out with it. This is what this podcast has been about. It's been born uh, through a desire to really communicate the importance that creativity has in our lives, that we don't see creativity as a um, nice side thing to have, but to really bring it to center stage because it's your self-expression. And your self-expression, once it's just allowed to be and naturally expressed, it moves and changes, it changes everything and changes your whole life from a health on a physical, mental and spiritual level and it shows instantly in your life so that you will be doing the things that you truly want to do and stop living a life via how you think you should be living. So I'm really excited that you're here. I hope you enjoy this episode and feel free to share this with other people in your social network who may benefit from hearing this. If you're someone who's really interested to being updated with what's going on in the art world and constantly educating yourself on, on what's, what's new, what's out there, wanting to grow, then uh, as an artist, uh, then this uh, episode definitely is one for you. Um, I had a wonderful um, conversation with Capucine Jenkins. I feel honored to have had her on the show. And uh, you'll you'll learn why in just a second. Um, she as I will share with you, she she is a senior manager of digital art and curator of NFTs at Saatchi Art, which is the world's leading online gallery. And so she comes with a, a vast amount of, of insider information all around um, digital art, art in general, NFTs. Um, and it's just been such a pleasure to, to speak with her and to just speaking with her I've had so many questions come up and um, if you've heard uh, the topic NFTs and heard about it quite a few times and still don't um, exactly understand how it works then this one is definitely for you because this has been uh, for me to have an ABC of NFTs was ideal <laughs> um, just to really get a, a real understanding of of NFTs for artists um, and Capucine has, has really managed to um, help me understand more about it and um, and I'm sure you will gain lots from it too. Um, so I really wish you a wonderful, wonderful hour. This one's gone longer as I thought um, because I had just so many questions come up 
and um, there might be a part two as well. So enjoy this episode. Can't wait for you to listen to it. And yeah, thank you for listening. All right. I'm super excited today. I am here with Capucine Jenkins. Capucine is the Senior Manager of Digital Art and Curator of NFTs at Sarch Yard, the world's leading online gallery. She has a BA in Social Cultural Anthropology, as well as a BA in Art History from Auburn University. Prior to joining Saatchi Art, Capucine has worked in numerous museums, most notably at the High Museum of Art in Atlanta. She later accepted research and sales strategy roles in prominent galleries such as David Zwerner and Levi Gorvey in New York. I hope I pronounced it right. <laughs> and spanning a decade, uh, Capucine's curatorial career has allowed her to organize historical and contemporary art exhibitions for major institutions, established galleries, and emerging NFT marketplaces. She's passionate about nurturing young artists, innovating digital art spaces. And I'm really super excited to have you here today, Capucine. Um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to, to chat with you. Yes, absolutely. Likewise. And so we kind of you know, talked the last time a little bit about what what we would want to talk about today. And there were a few elements came up one, but one of them was in particular the kind of like an ABC to NFTs. If 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 you for example are thinking talking to me, <laughs> this is something <laughs> that I <laughs> I definitely also need. So I was happy to hear that and yeah, we'll drift off into other areas too and you share about your project that you've got going right now. But um, how about you share a little bit from yourself, Capucine, like how you've gotten to do this amazing work that you're doing. Yeah, uh, thank you. Um, so I guess I'll just kind of start with my um, NFT and crypto um, journey and how I sort of made it um, at Saatchi. Um, so probably about a little over a year ago, um, I was at David Warner, um, really, really loved it. Um, I would even say I've, I, I have former colleagues, um, that I'm still really close with. So the community there was, was wonderful. The work that I did there was really great. Some combination of research and sales. Um, but I could feel a shift. Um, and I noticed that, you know, I, I had already sort of invested, um, and a little bit of cryptocurrency was somewhat privy to um, what decentralized finances and um, sort of this movement um, online uh, sort of centered around, you know, kind of decentralizing the internet and um, disrupting like financial institutions, you know, like that that kind mm -hmm. of thing, that, that kind of rhetoric, which um, appealed to me at the time. Um, and um. I would say sort of around the time of the the boom uh, last summer, uh, the NFT boom, which for anyone who isn't um, familiar, it's this period um, last summer where um, the the value and the cost of NFTs, like the market was um, pretty nuts. Um, at the time, I believe ETH was maybe Ethereum, which is a, a cryptocurrency. It was probably... Oof, maybe 4k at the time um and um you know there were many collectors or just 
curious buyers who wanted to um, get into NFTs or are curious about what it is or like what the blockchain technology was. And um, it was maybe just some, I guess, kismet, like luck. And um, also I, maybe I was just feeling something in the air that this was sort of like a good place to to shift my my energy and my interest. Also learning um, a lot about um, the benefits of blockchain technology and NFTs for artists was a huge appeal um, to me. Um, one was uh, was learning that, you know, and I, I had worked um, at Levy Gorby in uh, secondary market sales. And, um, you know, I'd seen time and time again, um, blue chip artists uh, selling, you know, for a few million um, you also see this at auction houses selling for a few million and, um, the, the state <laughs> never seeing a penny of it, um, because, you know, like subsequent, subsequent resales, um, there, there is no baked in royalty meant for, meant for the artist. Um, so that was one thing, NFTs being able to offer that to artists, um, that was something that really appealed to me. Um, too, as a curator, you know, I wasn't doing curatorial work at David's Warner um, at the time, um, but um, I knew that I would, that this was the opportunity to actually be able to make a contribution as a curator um, in this way. So <laughs> yeah. um, I had uh, um, started at First Dibs. And I'm not sure if you're familiar, but um, it's this really great e-commerce, um, more secondary dealer uh, company. Mm -hmm. And they were just launching their NFT marketplace. They hired me on to kind of build out their curatorial component um, and um, was there, helped them, you know, build out that, that marketplace and really learned a lot about um, NFTs and what, what a smart contract is and, and what metadata is and um, what all an artist needs in order to, you know, secure their royalties. Um, just little things like that, that I, you know, really wouldn't have had the kind of experience with in a museum or a traditional art institution. Um, so I eventually <clears throat> made my way over to um, Sachi Art and they hired me on as, you know, right now as we're making and building out a pretty robust program, NFT program and, and definitely digital art um, presence site-wide. And um, we are just really excited to keep diving into this and the benefits of it for our artists. So yeah, it was sort of, the transition um, from sort of a traditional art world um, to um, this NFT curatorial, NFT digital art curatorial um, space is exciting and truly I'm learning something new every day. Amazing, amazing. No, it's, um, it's, it's really, yeah, amazing to hear everything like from like, what you've done in the other place what's it called it, it was first it's i didn't quite get catch the name first it's the e-commerce place first and then mm -hmm. first steps and then and then going to sachi art and everything that you set up um being there i've had a look as well at the project that you're doing i know you're sharing a little bit more about that about the vision of future um and uh yeah i'm curious about as well um before we dive deeper into that 
how did you get into the art space like did it was this something that you always wanted to do um that you knew that you wanted to go into art area um from childhood on <laughs> how did it work? oh for uh, for sure in some capacity you know pretty early on I um you know I had been classically trained as a musician I played violin since I was eight or nine mm -hmm. and that was more of my lane you know I tried art and was terrible at it <laughs> and so I decided pretty pretty early on that I love art I love being an enjoyer of art um but maybe I shouldn't be an artist <laughs> um so then you know I've sort of appreciated it from afar, not really thinking that it was much of a skill of mine um, mm -hmm. up until I'd gone into college, probably late high school, um, college, I'd realized that um, there was this, you, you could participate in um, artistry and you can um, participate in um, art criticism and don't have to be an artist. Um, that was just something that never occurred to me before. So then, mm. um, you know, I had initially uh, had, a, you know, an art history minor and um, I just learned so much more about, you know, the, the, the canon, the art history canon and um, also learning, you know, sort of what a curator is and um, just getting all of this new information that might not have necessarily been um public knowledge or at least a part of mm -hmm. like public perception of um what art is and how um how people sort of contribute to the art world um so in a sense it was always there you know there was a lot of looking for me going to the museum um uh, supporting friends gallery shows like just really looking as much as I possibly can and yeah. even just in my own way developing my own taste um and then maybe in a more uh, cerebral way you know in in college um I was able to actually appreciate it in my way and see how I was mm -hmm. able to um I guess contribute to the artistry so um in, in a sense it was always mm -hmm. sort of there um but yeah, and you also remember, you know, like certain projects that like have changed your your perception of of what you're able to do and what's possible for yeah. you to do. Um, mm -hmm. uh, like you had mentioned earlier, my my first uh, degree um, was in anthropology. Mm. And um, I was, you know, I was sure just like every freshman in college is that they're going to do that. And their first, the first thing that they decided on for their major is the thing that they're going to do for the rest of their lives. Yeah. I was sure I was going to be an anthropologist, <laughs> take the very traditional academic track of, mm. you know, um, undergrad, master's, PhD, and that was just going to be my life. And then, you know, maybe halfway through my program, as much as I loved it, and I still, I still do, it's, um, my first degree was really invaluable to um, uh, really a lot of my studies, but um, I also just felt really called to museum work mm. in particular and um, and art in particular, just really understanding how artists are storytellers. 
Mm. And that was a mm. common thread for me between, you know, anthropology and art history at the time. And um, just kind of, I, I realized as a curator, you're able to actually um, tell those stories um, and that artists need someone to tell their story. Mm -hmm. um, and that was, that was the big draw for me. Amazing. I was actually curious before to ask you that question, like what in particular about art was it that, that drew you towards it? And now you just shared that, that uh, the, the part of telling the story as an artist um, or the artist telling a story. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, I, I love as well how, um, how you're connecting, you know, all of your, like everything that you enjoy, like the anthropology, the uh, social aspects of it and the history and, and yeah, and, and the art and your passion, like you've gone, it's, it's drawn you back, like almost, uh, yeah, like you, it, it was like, um, and almost like something that you couldn't, um, not have in your life that <laughs> right yeah I sort of yeah in a sense I wanted to make it a part of my life however I could mm. um and maybe you know I just had the language later on to realize that oh this is the, you know this is the thing that drew me to um yeah. to art and to artists um so yeah, to your point, there definitely was a, I will make this fit and I will try to understand <laughs> what exactly that's so enticing and so uh, interesting um, yeah. um, about the craft. Amazing. And now in, in terms of um, digital art and, and the development with the NFTs, um, like what are you noticing the changes and shifts that are happening uh, for artists with the yeah the coming of the nfts in that sense mm. yeah that's an interesting question yeah. um i think that in many ways nfts have uh legitimized uh digital art you know there are digital artists um who aren't do not and probably won't <laughs> um, work with NFTs. Um, and, you know, it, maybe it's worth saying that there is a distinction between digital art and, and um, NFT art. Mm. Um, you know, digital art, as I've said before, is really um, any art that can be described um, as uh, being manipulated, edited, um, by computer software or applications mm. um, and NFTs and NFT is really a technological tool and um, you know there are many ways of using NFTs that are non-art related um, and creating fine art um, it's just one of the ways you can you can do that mm. um, so I think when NFTs as a tool were introduced um, and, you know, artists, creators, they figured out that, um, oh, wait, I, I can actually use this technology to um, benefit and commercialize my art. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, and so, you know, like the, the result is that um, because NFTs have this ability to um, basically track track every transaction on a ledger mm -hmm. that it really is able to um, identify true ownership. 
So the initial criticism um, for, you know, digital or one of the initial criticisms of digital art has been, well, you know, I can um, take a screenshot of a JPEG or screen record a video mm-hmm. um, and I own it. So what's the point in buying this, this, um, this image file or video file? Um, and you know, NFTs were able to um, make it very clear who the owner of an image or video um, of the digital artwork, make it very clear who that who that person mm-hmm. or entity um, was. Um, so NFTs have really kind of uh, changed how we think of um, patronage, collecting, um, and ownership. Um, so what what is the value of owning something and what does it mean to actually um, own an artwork? Is, is the physical, having the physical thing, is that the only kind of ownership that, that can be had? Um, it really brought in some really interesting um, questions um, that I think are, are incredibly um, valuable to the conversation. Yes, absolutely. And I would actually, yeah, love, love to hear what, what you what you might want to say uh, for, to that question, like the the value of NFT, like um, when you buy it and you own it. Tell me a little bit more about that, because I'm still I'm still getting my head around it. <laughs> oh, maybe I should start with what an NFT is. Yes, yes, so, <laughs> that would be great. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so an NFT is a non fungible token, um, which is essentially a unique digital asset. Um, that's housed on the blockchain. Mm-hmm. Um, those words probably don't mean very much to you, but the best way I can describe it is um, with an analogy, something that's f- familiar to us. So similar to an accountant's log, which in its own way is a ledger, mm-hmm. um, a, a the blockchain network basically records like an accountant's log, every transaction that's made on that ledger. Um, and unlike, you know, a, a personal um, accountant log, um, this information is uh, transparent. It's public domain. Mm-hmm. So anyone can see what's what activity is happening um, mm-hmm. on the ledger. And so um, what an NFT is, is essentially um, a, a transaction <laughs> that's been imprinted onto the ledger. Mm-hmm. Um I know it sounds like a little uh, esoteric, but that's <laughs> the most you know familiar analogy that, mm-hmm. I, that I'm able to give. Um, an NFT, essentially what non-fungible means is that um, it is a unique um, token. It has like a token ID and um, you're able to identify it as uniquely itself. So mm-hmm. let's say for example, you know, I have an artist who has created um, digital artwork that's in the form of an image, image file, Mm -hmm. a JPEG, maybe a PNG. And um, they would like to, what you call mint, which is essentially a way of just saying they would like to um, create an NFT. Um, Mm -hmm. When they would like to mint um, their NFT onto the blockchain, um, basically minting is compiling bunch of data <laughs> and <laughs> putting, it, putting it on the network so that everyone can see. And because everyone can see it, um, when a collector buys that NFT, um, it is clear who the owner is. 
Yeah. Now that that can be sort of, you know, there, there are questions about, you know, uh, privacy and um, transparency and things like that. But when it comes to buying an NFT, um, it's, it's actually much more simple than it seems. <laughs> really, all you would need to do, you know, let's say there are, are you familiar with any of the, the major marketplaces? Um, kind of. I've heard them flying around here and there, but <laughs> can't remember the names exactly. Is yeah, it OpenSea I'm, and so on? Yeah, that, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, so I, I may know that one. <laughs> yeah, OpenSea, um, they're super rare art blogs. There's several um, NFT marketplaces. You know, we, we essentially have our, our own too. Mm. Um, they tend to be sort of supported on other platforms, but um, Sachi, we also um, ha have a marketplace. Wow. And um so there you're able to at least see what you'd like to buy. Um, mm -hmm. And really it's as simple as um, downloading an app, <laughs> mm -hmm. connecting that, um, that identifier or app to one of the marketplaces and then um, bidding or simply buying now. And you have an NFT <laughs> and yes. the NFT goes into <laughs> your app. That is okay. Best, maybe linear yes. way, you know. Like, no, thank I'm, you I'm, for that. <laughs> I, I understand. I do understand it uh, much better now. Actually, I, I mean, I've heard <laughs> it now a few times, and this time it really sunk in. Like, especially the part of it being somehow like a proof of ownership in some way, like uh, that. If you with the transparency, so it's now it makes more sense for me to to understand how the buying process is and 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 how it's more secure how you can link it back to the owner who's created it and yeah yeah thank you <laughs> thank you for that yeah it it can i mean it's notorious in in web3 that um, the space, the NFT and crypto native space isn't very user friendly. And it's, it's part of some of um, it's, it's one of the blockers and some of the friction that, you know, sort of the layman or someone who is curious or isn't a technologist or a developer when they, when they sort of at least try to access it or penetrate the space in some way, they have a really difficult time because a lot of the language is uh, technical or specific to you know sort of the 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 insiders that you know yeah. people who are part of the ecosystem already um so you know when we use things like even blockchain network or wallet uh, a wallet address like those aren't really words that um are <laughs> generally understood you know I'm, I'm you know it's i always like to think of it as it's similar to when we first started using credit cards Mm -hmm. and it it seemed odd it didn't quite feel like we were using money um there was some distrust around using a credit card um um at the time at least early on many people were applying for credit cards um receiving them and maxing out because it didn't quite feel like real money um especially in the 80s <laughs> there's so many people who still mm -hmm. have credit card debt from the 80s um but I, yeah, I like to think of it as kind of a similar phenomenon. Like you don't feel as if, you know, the, the currency that you have is necessarily real. 
Um, yeah. Even though it's just like any other transaction, um, any kind mm -hmm. of monetary transaction that um, we already have in our traditional um, systems. Yeah. So, so almost an NFT itself becomes like a monetary, so it could, could be compared to like money in some way. Is that it, like it, to it, value? Huh? Yeah, it's an asset. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Um, and which is why the question of ownership is um, mm. just like any artwork, you know, the, the, the question of ownership is really important and really just like any artwork, you know, I often think of sort of going back to the, the question of um, um, how do you know who owns um, something and, and what tr true ownership looks like. I mean, we've seen um, forgeries of some of the most valuable, most expensive paintings in history mm -hmm. um, be forged, go through several conservators, several auction houses, mm -hmm. meaning and it turns out that, you know, they they were mistaken as the as the real thing and fooled many people, scholars, mm -hmm. experts. Um, and it, it makes you question, you know, what what is a true artwork? You know, if if someone could buy a, a forged artwork and enjoy it all the same, um, does it actually invalidate the the true thing? So um, I always like to pull in that, um, I guess, parallel um, because they're very similar. Mm -hmm. That's such an interesting point or question, actually. Um, yeah. Very, very interesting, actually, to 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 look at how if somebody can enjoy the art of of somebody who's forged it, is that the right word? <laughs> and yeah. um, <laughs> without knowing it, still enjoy the art. Like, does it invalidate the original? If I'm understanding the question right, I, th I find that really interesting. And, you know, it might not be ideal <laughs> for you know, the many people who have bought. <laughs> forged artwork yeah. probably <laughs> paid millions of dollars for them um but yeah that's yeah. reality <laughs> yeah um and you mentioned something about and obviously th this seems to be like a big thing with with uh, the nfts as well um the capitalizing your own profits for artists how it's really um empowering the artists as well with within that Mm, yeah, for sure. So, um, and this is actually really similar to um, the music industry. And I'm so glad within the last 10 years that musicians and artists have been um, more transparent about this. Um, but sort of like I mentioned earlier, um, many artists have been sort of left out of the increasing value um, increasing appreciation of of their artwork, you know, sort of the the bigger they become and um, the big the bigger their market becomes. Mm. And so, essentially, what um, uh, one of the ways that you can, well, the only way that you can um, mint an art an, an NFT is by creating a smart contract. Um, and basically an NFT, even an image file, all those things are just data, data compiled together. And so a smart contract just holds all of that data. And um, one thing that you're able, you're sort of able to stipulate anything in your smart contract. Um, and one of those things is actually including um, 
like a resale commission or royalties, you know, the, the artist receives 5% of any subsequent sale outside of the primary sale. Um, so now we're seeing artists because of NFTs um, and especially digital artists um, seeing that they're now able to reap the benefits of um, the increased value of, of their artwork. Um, and where, you know, that, that hasn't been the case before. So I think it really is a way for artists to now be able to um, commercialize um, their work, mm -hmm. which is, I mean, obviously it's very important for, um, you know, our perception of artists as sort of um, the starving artist, or maybe, you know, if, if you're a little more privy to what's going on in the art world, getting mega gallery representation. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that NFTs have the, they have the capacity for artists to be able to um, sell their work and continue to sustain um, a life for themselves off of their artwork um, without necessarily needing, you know, mega gallery representation. Um, mm -hmm. They can live you know, a comfortable life um, rather than being a struggling artist, um, you know, because, you know, mm -hmm. some dealer bought their work for 2K and then flipped it and sold it to someone else for 50K, mm -hmm. you know. So, um, yeah, I think it's a really great opportunity for artists to kind of capitalize their profit. Fantastic. And actually, that brings me to the question, which by the way, thank you so much for answering all my questions because they oh. are very, um, very ABC questions, I guess, from my side. But um, I'm getting a lot of this from this from you. So thank you. And I'm sure oh. the listeners will, too. Um, uh, what 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 is uh, how much is an NFT to buy? Does it have, what are the price ranges for NFT art? Mm, that's a great question. So it sort of depends. So because cryptocurrency isn't necessarily, um, because it isn't like fiat, which is a fixed um, currency. So it sort of fluctuates with the market. Um, you know, you could buy mm -hmm. one ETH um, and you put in 1K for one ETH. Um, but ETH at the time, <laughs> I'm getting into um, mm -hmm. numbers, <laughs> um, but you know, ETH at the time was $800. Mm -hmm. So the value kind of um, fluctuates with whatever the market is. Um, right. However, um, so it is in a sense difficult to say sort of like a fixed range. However, um, it really depends on um, the collector base, um, where you're selling your work, uh, also your own market, if you, if you're experienced with NFTs, if you kind of have already established yourself or are eager to establish yourself in the space, um, there are a number of factors that can actually um, decide on how an artist would even begin to, um, um, I guess, have a floor, we call it a floor, mm -hmm. uh, or kind of set what their market is at each stage in their, their career. Um, or at least their NFT career. <laughs> yes, yes. Would you uh, mind sharing what some of those factors might be to to um, determine that floor for, for an artist, let's say somebody who might consider it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I would say that one um, thing to do, well, first is to actually just kind of get started. 
um, be become, you know, onboarded and educated, um, either through a marketplace or there's so much information out there now that allows artists to be able to at least get um, kind of some preliminary information um, or even mint their own NFTs. Mm -hmm. um, so at least getting started, um, having some, some artwork to begin with and getting your hands a little dirty. Um, also getting a little more familiar with the space, you know, knowing where people um, in the Web3 ecosystem are congregating. So that could be Discord. That could be Twitter. Those are really two main places um, that this crypto native um, and and often you know venture capitalists and and collectors where and and creators and artists kind of come together and um, are in community with each other um, and build a network. Um, I would also say that um, to piggyback off of that, um, building a relationship with potential collectors. Um, mm -hmm. And what's so great about um, the Web three space is that. Um, many roles are are blurred. So there are several artists and creators who are also collectors and vice versa. So, you know, you could be making a friend or collaborate with or um, just become close with an artist who also, you know, if they see that you have an auction, um, they will buy one of your works. Mm -hmm. So um, it's sort of really similar to the art world. Just those components are really um, kind of set you up to succeed. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I will definitely dive deeper into that as well <laughs> myself to, to learn more about that, what you've shared. Um, in terms of setting oneself, setting oneself up uh, above the noise uh, for an artist because of the, the, um, the, the many artists that are out there right now I've, I've read 100,000 artists nfts you've got on on your on on Saatchi. is that is that correct approximately how many how many 100,000 100, artists is that right did i read that right oh we have on site wide we definitely have thousands of hundreds of thousands of artists yeah how do you set yourself above the noise as as an artist? Like, what 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 type of art is the one that um, you might say would be most successful with NFTs? Mm. I, I get this question a fair amount. Um, you know, I I've gotten from artists. I'm not sure if my artwork is well suited for NFTs. Like, what do I do? And I do think that right now um, there is a perception that many NFTs in order to be able to sell um, fine art NFTs, um, you have to have some kind of collectible or a PFP component. Mm -hmm. um, and to that, I say no. <laughs> there are, um, I'm really trying to reinforce the idea that um, an NFT is just a tool um, mm -hmm. and that um, if you create fine art, and NFTs are just a tool for that. So there isn't necessarily a type of art. It's more or less who your audience is and who, who which collectors you're trying to appeal to mm -hmm. um, and which communities you're trying to appeal, appeal to. Um, I would also say, I would also say, and this is something I say to um, some artists that I actually worked with prior to Saatchi, um, to quote unquote, stay in your lane. So whatever your, whatever you feel as if you're, um 
touch is or your style is or um, wherever your, your skill is, um, it's okay to continue doing that and refining that. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily um, think it's um, always the best thing to be to do to be the do it all artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that way, I, I do think there is some value in sort of staying like with what you know and building a network and building off of what you already have kind of established. So I do think that, you know, um, a trad art or tradition, traditional artist um, already has a collector base and, you know, they decide to um, start to work with or even begin to dabble um, into NFTs that it's possible to kind of educate your collectors um, and rather than necessarily, you know, joining an, in um, a community that you're not already a part of, just tapping into your own and mm-hmm. using that as a, a time to educate your collectors about um, what it is to own an NFT and um, how this could actually benefit them too. Um, how artists can let them know that this is actually um maybe more valuable to you as opposed to, you know, just buying, you know, my digital art or even necessarily like mm. my physical art. Um, yeah, I, I think that there are definitely ways to um, gain visibility um, just by, just by doing what you have been doing and refining that um, mm. and tapping into an existing network and community. Yeah. That's great advice. Yes, fantastic. Thank you. Um, and um, there are so many more questions that come up for me. I'm just <laughs> aware that uh, I'm noticing how time is, you know, running, and um, I still have so many questions. I um, I would love to still touch on a couple from uh, some of the listeners, if you don't mind. Um, sure. So. There were some great questions, and one of them was, uh, how did Saatchi approach this new technology doing the jump into digital art? Um, How did you approach this jump, I would say? Yeah, so, you know, it seemed like a sort of a natural evolution of our mission to support artists. in whatever way we can, you know, to expand their practice, to kind of help them maximize their profit. It really was aligned with something we were already, a cause we were already invested in. Mm. Um, We had our initial drop um, in January of this year. Uh, It was called uh, The Other Avatars. And it essentially comprised of PFPs, I, I'm realizing the wording that I'm using, you may not quite know what I'm talking about, um, but they, they comprised of NFTs, sort of like custom derivative um, uh, avatars of Vincent van Gogh. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we pulled 150 of, you know, some of our most talented artists um, on, on Sachi Art. And um, we sort of let them, their their creative imagination just go. And so we realized from, from doing that project that this was actually very much aligned with um, not just our mission, but also to um, allowing artists to be able to explore 
and um, dig a little deeper into an area that they, in territory that they've never even considered, you know, but some artists are physical. They never even considered that they would be become not only an NFT artist, but um, involved with any kind of technology with regard to their practice. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was really how we leaped into it. Um, Of course, it was with a little uncertainty, um, but the the way that we were aligned with what was happening in the space as well, it seemed to kind of make sense. Um, mm. But of course we, we learned so much in, in that process too, kind of even how you, how you would execute um, something like this, you know, we, we aren't necessarily technologists either. So having to learn all of that in conjunction with where we're truly experts, which is supporting emerging artists, um, educating artists, um, curation, you know, those things that we really know, um, was, it was a challenge, but it was, um, it was really exciting. And, you know, I get so many requests and inquiries every day from artists who are just eager to, you know, figure out how to start making NFTs. So it has definitely served our community. So in other, you know, in other words, we just kind of dove right in, um, because it made the most sense yeah yeah no that makes sense yes and um in in terms of the future of nft where do you see um yeah where do you see that going how do you see the future of nfts big question (laughs) (laughs) well i don't think it's going anywhere um Uh i would say like any sort of groundbreaking technology um especially one that has a like a wide variety of of um, uses. Um, I think despite market conditions, despite speculation, um, even despite bad players, um, I don't think, I, I think the technology and its its benefits are mm. undeniable. Mm. Um, I tend to kind of draw a parallel between um, what's happening with um, NFTs right now with the introduction of the internet and the World mm-hmm. Wide Web. Uh, technically, the internet has been around since this maybe the late seventies, eighties. Um, it really wasn't in um, sort of people's homes until the mid, you know, like the mid nineties, um, late nineties, even depending on where you lived. And it wasn't until the two thousands that it was, you know, sort of ubiquitous. You couldn't really do any schoolwork, mm-hmm. or um, it, it was becoming more common um even for you know like government departments and um any kind of official documentation like it was becoming more common in sort of practical ways to to have have the internet um up until now obviously where it's totally ubiquitous and you truly cannot do anything without wi-fi Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I sort of think about that evolution and and what NFTs will look like and the blockchain technology, of course, um, yeah. how that will play out over time. Um, you know, the the sort of lull that's happening right now. I mean, again, the the NFT boom was last year. It's been a year, <laughs> like almost a year and a half, and it does seem. Um, it doesn't seem like a true um, perspective 
to see what's happening right now is indicative of what will come. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really don't think it's going away. Um, you know, similar to the internet, it's in any, in, in any innovation, um, that has so many benefits to it, it, it it's bound to stay. Mm, yeah. No, oh, I, I, I think I get that. <laughs> <as well. Yeah. laughs> <From> it. <laughs> um, uh, and and yeah, one final question that I really want to get into, um, just asking you about uh, the project that you've got going as well. Um, but I'm just curious, obviously, being part of uh, such yard and with your experience and everything that you're seeing with the development right now with with NFTs and, and the future and everything that you've just sh- shared, what would be your greatest or like most important advice right now for um, an emerging artist mm. on their journey? Don't be discouraged. <laughs> mm. um, I I think creators and artists who are, especially last year, we're seeing how there were artists who, you know, as physical artists, they weren't making very much or um, they weren't artists at all and decided to get into the NFT space. And um, they were making a lot of money all of a sudden. They were able to pay their rent with um, the money that they were making from selling NFTs or selling their finer NFTs rather. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were many more artists and creators who weren't able, who didn't have the same success and um, were becoming burnt out. Even even the more successful ones are beginning to become burnt out, um, sort of marketing for, the, for themselves, um, being prolific, you know, feeling like they have to create f- five new artworks in, in a week. Um, as you know, especially if they're, they have, um, a fair amount of demand and, um, and so it's very easy to feel as if, you know, this is, this isn't for you or, um, that you won't be successful at something because it isn't, there isn't an immediate, um, drawback or aren't immediate results. Um, I would also say too that um, not every project is for you Mm. so you know I think some artists believe that if they aren't chosen for residency or if their NFTs aren't aren't selling um, or whatever the case case may be they feel as if it has something to do with the quality of their artwork when sometimes it's just what the exhibition or drop calls for Um, so I, I think that artists should have more of awareness about that, that mm-hmm. it's not because your artwork is, you know, bad or tasteless or um, not fine quality. It just might not fit um, either the program or the direction of the exhibition or project. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like, I really don't want artists to feel discouraged if, you know, curators or um, if directors or whoever, or a marketplace doesn't vet, you, you know, like it, it doesn't have anything to do with your artwork probably half of the time. Mm. <laughs> Don't be well, Thank you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing advice. And I, I'm sure that artists listening right now, that kind of makes their chest just go off. <laughs> just a little <laughs> bit more relaxed. Cause yeah. Yeah. That's, that's wonderful. Oftentimes that could feel like a rejection, right? But it's, it's, it's not a rejection. It's more like, 
not every not every project's going to be able to take everybody on or or it might not fit to that particular theme or whatever mm -hmm. so like yeah it's yeah thank you that's that's really good <laughs> um all right Kapisin, tell us a little bit um about the project that you've got going right now yeah so uh sachi's are um our latest project right now is called visions of the future and it's a um, NFT photography auction and exhibition. Um, it presents um, over 55 emerging um, artists who are um, essentially showing us how they envision the future to come. Um, it started with an open call uh, for photographers. We had received almost a thousand entries and um, we had this really great panel of um, jurors who kind of guest curated. We all kind of collaboratively uh, curated and um, dwindled down almost a thousand entries to 55. Wow. And, you know, it's some really incredible photography that's in um, in this exhibition. Um, the physical exhibition, the IRL exhibition, um, we actually opened in um, in September, mm -hmm. and it was at um, Sachi Arts, the other art fair, which is an art fair we have um, every year. We have dozens really around the world um, every year, and um, we opened there in, in the one in L.A., um, it closed at the end of the, the art fair, um, but the auction is actually still ongoing. Um, it's up right now on um, the Artiva app, um, A-R-T-I-V-A. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's an application that's powered by Zora for any listeners who um, are familiar with uh, NFT marketplaces. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just sort of our, um, you know, our, our baby. It definitely kind of um, leans into sort of a I guess, strategy that our program has right now um, that really is about merging the physical and um, digital components of art, of art together. So um, one component of this, um, this exhibition um, is a digital. I don't know if you've ever heard this word, but it basically is physical and digital. <laughs> Um, together into one word and um, we tend to because it's photography it's digital mm -hmm. photography um, mm -hmm. we have um, with you know with every purchase of an nft um, the collector can re redeem or receive um, three limited edition um, photographs of of that nft um, mm -hmm. So we really like to kind of draw and that's sort of what the exhibition was too we really like to draw um you know, like the, the, um, the parallel, um, this, you know, traditional art world and, or traditional art and, um, digital NFT art together. Um, uh, yeah. So that yeah. is the, the project and really excited about it. Um, and you can probably find more details, um, on the Sachi art website um but you can definitely find details on uh sachiart.com forward slash mm -hmm. nfd yes um, 
yeah some really great works in the in the show I'm excited amazing yeah I've had a little peek uh, into it or, already and it's yeah it's 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 super amazing and um all the links are below this podcast episode it's all lined up there as well so you can just find it easily um amazing amazing project it sounds really 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 cool and it <laughs> must have been so hard to to yeah to to pin it down to 50 from a thousand wow that's that's amazing as well it was um, very difficult and that's it's <laughs> also an example of um how you know we've we come across so many great photographers mm. um but we had to dwindle it down to 55 um yeah. and so you know like that project wasn't just didn't fit for those photographers for whatever the reasons were um you know maybe it wasn't on theme or maybe you know like truly for many many reasons so um yeah, yeah that's an example you know if you have to dwindle down from so many entries that mm. um that maybe the project just wasn't for you and it has nothing to do with your artwork or the yeah. quality of your work. Amazing. Yeah. Just keep going and um, the right thing will come around for you as well. So, yeah. Uh, that's great advice. Thank you so much, Capucine. This has been an absolute pleasure. I It's given me 100 more questions as well, following <laughs> on to dive deeper, but it's been like really, really, really enriching and um yeah, I just wanted to thank you so much for for coming on and sharing all of all of the everything. Yeah, you, you know all the wisdom. And yeah, it's just been a pleasure. Thank you. Oh gosh, I, I'm I'm not a, I'm not fully an expert. <laughs> <laughs> as I as I said before, um, Web three is still so new. NFTs are still so mm. new. And that we're all learning yeah. something new every every single day. Um, but yeah, that's that's what's so exciting about it. Um, I, I yeah, I guess I am an, more of an expert than most. Um, and yeah. I, yeah, I think it's definitely worth um, even if you aren't an artist, um, really, you know, trying to understand the technology and being a little more educated um, yeah. on it for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely going to dive deep into it um, myself now to to educate myself more on this because obviously this this is very much the future and um and uh yeah so um you're it's been an honor email me. you're also welcome yes. to email me questions <laughs> ah amazing <laughs> or you know or dm me on twitter um yes uh, which my twitter by the way is at uh, c-a-p-j mm-hmm. underscore underscore e-t-h um e-t-h. yeah eth in other words mm-hmm. but yes um Awesome. Yeah, I, I would love to answer any more any more questions that you have or even that your listeners might have. Amazing. Yeah, so that's going to be under the um, episode as well. And thank you so much for offering that. That's super valuable. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure questions will come up for me and, and yeah, for others as well. Thank you so much for your openness and uh, for sharing. <laughs> and yeah, that's amazing work you're doing. I can really feel the passion and... <laughs> in what you're doing and yeah it's uh, I, I look forward to staying in touch and to yeah see where all of this uh, is continuing to develop into <laughs> yeah thank you so much it was a pleasure talking to you thank you Capucine. um in that case thank you everybody and uh we'll finish here and i'll see you in the next episode 
Thank you so much for listening to Born to Create podcast. If this has been something that you've really enjoyed or feel that it might be helpful to someone else too, then do please pass it on, share the episode, share the podcast with people that you might feel that they would benefit from listening to it or might just enjoy it. I would love if the people that might benefit from hearing the messages within this podcast will reach and hear it as well. So I'd be absolutely stoked for you to subscribe like or share if you feel that this has been valuable also you can find me on instagram born to create podcast and awakened artist academy those two are the accounts where you will find content about creating your own art business about mental health and art and creativity about how to live your most fulfilled life how to get to know your body and who you are more so that you could live the life that is aligned to your true self-expression and to your truth. So I would be excited to see you there. Also, I have a website which is on my Instagram socials, theawakenedartistacademy.com. There you can find free and low-cost courses which can help you to get started on certain things, whether it is setting up your own art business, whether it is overcoming a creative block that you're experiencing right now, and other more um, interesting courses which are about to follow. Another place where you can get in touch with me is under my website, mariacatharinarichters.com. And for more information on Born to Create podcast, you can soon follow uh, the borntocreate.com link um, for the website of Born to Create, but that's still under construction. So I look forward to either seeing from you or hearing from you and wish you a wonderful day be inspired live your most creative life and inspire others doing so too thank you so much for listening bye